there it is opening bell folks protect yourself at all times punches and bunches hot sauce to the ribs shoe shines in the corner when in doubt stick it out ganchos aligado duro duro you know what time it is folks episode six pacific coast boxing alfonso ruiz here with my co-host of course mr rick prado rick what's up hey just ready to go you know hope everybody's staying safe out there uh, make sure everybody subscribes to our podcast. It's free to subscribe on iTunes, Pacific Coast Boxing. Uh, it's free to give us a rating. If uh, you have any comments, questions, email us at counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com. Check out our Instagram page at Pacific Coast Boxing, our Twitter page at, at Pac Coast Boxing. And soon we'll have our website up and running, pacificcoastboxing.com. Yeah, that's right. And I got a little, uh, we have a little bit of a surprise here on the We Were Counterpunch. So we'll get to that here in a bit. But yeah, definitely, folks, it's free. It's easy. Tell us what's going on. Subscribe. Give us back. Give us feedback. You can counterpunch. Trust me, we're adults. We're, we're fight fans. We can pretty much take it. Another week of boxing, Rick. Now, it may be uh, slow as far as big fights, but a lot going on. A lot of fights are starting to materialize now. As we're getting kind of that push, we remember it wasn't too long ago that fighters were talking about um, not wanting to fight in front, you know, in front of a, an empty stadium, empty arena. All of a sudden, fights are starting to happen. I know we got some of that coming up, so pretty good that we're seeing fights starting to come up. Yeah, I think um, you know people can't sit there and wait for fights to for the coronavirus to go away. You know, it's it's spiking again. You know, so people. Boxers don't want to take that pay cut, but they're going to have to if they want to keep their momentum going and be ready for those big fights in, in 2021. you got no choice, right, of all sports boxing, right, which is trying to kind of struggle and, and no pun intended, kind of fight its way yeah. with the big boys, with the major sports, including UFC. So there's no choice. we got to get them out there. That's starting to happen. A couple things of interest for me here in the past week. Uh, you know, Keith Thurman comes out and talks about how he was not at 100% for the Manny Pacquiao fight, that he um, couldn't go um, all out in his sparring sessions, which he normally does. And he says that was a big factor. It was his hand or wrist or something hurt. Here's the deal, okay? He got beat. He got beat by a better man that day, right? Give Manny Pacquiao the credit he deserves. I get it. Nobody likes to lose. He lost his, his unblemished, undefeated record. But the worst you can do... No different than Wilder and the heavy 40-pound suit. You chose to wear that suit, right? They didn't yeah. force him to put that suit on, Rick. Yeah. And if he has a management company that told him this would be a good idea, then who hires the management company? Either way, you got to own it. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you can't make excuses after the fact. True or not true, it's, it's a bad look. Yeah, it, it just is. You know, it's like there's a book by Carol Dweck. It's called A Mindset. And there's two types of mindset. She talks about fixed and growth. And it's the fixed mindset people. And I'm not saying these guys are. I get it. They're competitors. But the fixed mindset people are always looking for some excuse as to why they didn't achieve what they wanted to, right? Like, oh, if I really wanted to, I could have won, right? Yeah. If I really wanted to, I would have gotten that job, right? Yeah. No, man, you didn't get the job because maybe there was a better candidate because maybe the opponent uh, had a competitive advantage in sports. He says he's not at 100%. How many times is an athlete or anybody really at 100%? Yeah, not very often. And, you know, it, it it's lame to me making excuses at this point. You know, if he wasn't 100%, he could have pulled out of the fight. You know, he could have postponed it a month, two months. I get it, though. It's Manny Pacquiao. It's Manny Pacquiao money. And, you know, maybe he's trying to save face and, and, and save some marketability, you know, going forward yeah it's just one of those things it just caught my attention like yeah. come on and then of course now he's calling uh, out earl spence jr and by the way i'm a big keith one-time thurman fan as mm -hmm. you know i actually was pulling for him to to beat yeah. manny pacquiao so i'm like a thousand percent behind keith uh one-time thurman he's now calling out earl spence jr saying hey if you're not gonna fight me then get out of the division yeah but you know he, he lost his last fight you yeah know, you can't call call out earl spence yeah hasn't lost he's the champion you know, you've got to beat probably a couple people to get back in that spot. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he was out for a while with an injury. Then he came back. Mm -hmm. He kind of had his bell rung. Uh, so, anyways, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Canelo looks like they're they may be uh, uh, settling on Ryder as an opponent. Mm -hmm. 
not too excited about that. Ryder act, uh, actually lost to Callum Smith, mm-hmm. unanimous decision. But because Smith and, of course, Billy Joe Saunders, I wanted to see the Billy Joe Saunders fight. Uh-huh. I thought that would have been the most interesting. I think Billy Joe Saunders actually has the skill set that would have given Canelo some trouble. Yeah, little bigger than him, and he can box. He's slick. He's a left-hander. Looks like we may have to settle for Ryder. Eh. You know, you, you want to see Canelo fight, you know, is Ryder as an opponent disappointing? Yes, you know. But in the time we are in right now, you know, where money seems to be an issue and people are haggling around, Ryder's going to take less money than all the other guys that you mentioned. That's exactly right. No, and that's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And he's looking at it, uh, you know, if you read some of the articles and social media, he's looking at it like as a poke at Callum Smith saying, hey, he had the opportunity mm-hmm. to fight the name or the face of boxing, arguably, which is Canelo right now. Yeah. And, uh, and, he, and he turns it away, more mm-hmm. than likely because of money, et cetera, right? And uh, and here comes Ryder to step in. See, and, and it probably comes down to these guys don't believe they're going to win that fight. If you know you're going to win that fight, go out there, beat Canelo. You know, now you have the leverage to get more money in the second fight. You know, more kind of like a Andy Ruiz beats Joshua. He makes, you know, two and a half times as much as he made in the first fight. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. John Ryder uh, ranked number seven by the WBC, ranked number five by the by the WBA, so certainly, right, not um, not a no-name opponent. No. Uh, the gorilla, as he's called, okay, 28 and 5, 16 KOs, okay? Yeah. So it's a name, and, yeah, and I agree with you. From a boxing fan's perspective, great. We get to see Canelo back. We get yeah. to see him fight John Ryder. But I would have preferred Billy Joe Saunders. No, yeah. De- myself. You know, definitely. Yeah. Before this, that, had you even heard of Ryder? No, no, not really. You know, not really. And not really. Canelo shouldn't be at this point of his career not fighting guys nobody's ever heard of. But he's got that contract, right? Yeah. And this counts. And now I don't know the terms and conditions. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Golden Boy Promotions contact. I know you got Ryan Garcia yeah. in the news. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course the the weekly the weekly, weekly. <laughs> weekly Garcia update. So I know we're going to talk about that. Shakur Stevenson, shocker. We called it here, Rick. Right? You yeah. want the boxing news? You come here. Mm-hmm. We called it. We said Shakur Stevenson. In fact, that was my guy who I said had the biggest potential of being that next great superstar. Yours was Virgil Ortiz Jr. Yeah. So here he goes. Right? He's starting his route up to the super featherweight division. Junior lightweight, depending on what you're talking, which uh, sanctioning body. So that's cool. We can talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit. I know we got the W. We're going to be talking lightweight division. Mm-hmm. We're going to really break it down. WBO is talking about some kind of a tournament. Yeah. We'll kind of see how that shakes out. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that the WBO is now calling a tournament. And then the WBC is telling Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell, you guys get the fight for our interim. Uh-huh. They're both kind of the same thing. The WBO just doesn't have an interim, but that that's all a mess. Yeah, yeah. and, and we'll get into that once we start uh, really diving into the uh, lightweight division. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, one of the uh, fighters that we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lazaro mm-hmm. Lorenzana, sounds like his fight is uh, pretty much uh, on. Looks like July 27th at Papa's and Beer in Rosarito Beach. Okay, yeah. So- That'll definitely be a great time, and you know, I hope we can both make it. Right now, folks, we're definitely looking to be there. So any of you boxing fans, you'll see us. We'll be in Pacific Coast Boxing. Never know. You run into us. We may have an extra T-shirt, Rick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You never know. Folks, we got a lot to talk about today. So like I said, of course we got the news. We got all the news. You know Rick Prado, right? He spends hours and hours and hours digging uh, finding all of the dirt, all of the best information so that you can walk around and talk boxing with your friends and anybody all day long. Of course, we got the stat of the week. Uh, we are going to be breaking down the lightweight division, and we're really going to take a deep dive in the lightweight division, Rick. Yeah. It's just not going to be, here's a few fighters, here's what we think. I mean, we're going to talk the lightweight division. Yeah. So you're going to know the lightweight division yeah, when we're and done. we're looking, you know, a few years down the road, you know, what it's going to look like in a few years as well. No, that's exactly right, because that's the thing. This isn't the 70s where you stayed in one division, a la Roberto Duran, right? Uh, six years, Marvin Hagler cleaning out the division. That doesn't happen anymore. In fact, I think that now a fighter probably stays there maybe five to six fights, especially if they win the title, and then they're kind of looking to move. Yeah, yeah. They, the boxers follow the money. That no, That's yeah. exactly right. They'll tell you they're following the legacy, but at the end of the day, it is about the almighty dollar. And you know what, Rick? It is that way in any profession, yeah. boxing or otherwise. So, folks, 
Hang with us. We got a really good show packed with so much information. Still got a few big announcements I haven't forgotten. We'll be right back, Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, and I am back with Rick Prado. And Rick, before we get to the news, I gave a little bit of a tidbit here in the intro. We usually have been going to our Counterpunch email box, but we've got a surprise for the fans listening. We were counterpunched by Isabel from Riverside. We responded to Isabel, and we talked about getting her on the phone and maybe asking her questions live so folks can kind of listen to some of the questions that we get on our Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com inbox. So... On the line with us from Riverside, California, is Miss Isabel. Isabel, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate that. And thank you for sending us an email at counterpunch at pacificcoastboxing.com. Hello, how are you? Good, good. How are you? We're doing great. So you sent us an email, but uh, instead of me reading the email, why don't you go ahead and tell us what it is that you were asking and what it is you want us to talk about? So my question for you guys is, why do you not give enough credit to Ryan Garcia? It seems like you focus more on what's going on in his life rather than how good of a boxer he actually is. He did knock out Fonseca and Duno in the first round, and I don't think enough people give him credit for that. Rick even picked Virgil Ortiz Jr. over him as the next big star. What the heck? Okay, so first of all, thank you, and I'll let Rick defend... uh him and his choice on that. So, okay, for, for first of all, okay, let's just back up a little bit. Um, and, Rick, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We had Ryan Garcia as five of our top fighters. Yeah, yeah, no, we did. Uh, five of our uh, up-and-coming That's right. Fighters. Okay, so we have given Ryan Garcia, uh, we believe, the credit he deserves as a fighter. Mm-hmm. I've said many times that I think that he has thunder. In fact, um, at the end of the last show on the shoe shine, I think that he's going to knock out Luke Campbell um, within three rounds. So we've given him enough credit. Now, as far as, you know, Rick, uh, completely ignoring him as far as him p- picking Virgil Ortiz, Rick, you can, you can answer that. No, you know, I don't think I completely ignored him, you know, and, you know, we've been talking about his, what's going on outside of boxing. Last time he fought was Valentine's day, you know, back in February. And all we've been talking about now is, you know, is he going to fight? Is he not going to fight? Um, I picked Virgil Ortiz, you know, and by the looks of it, so so is Oscar. Oscar's picked Virgil Ortiz as, you know, the, the, next, the next big star. The next big star in boxing. And the thing is, I think, uh, Rick, you make a good point. Um, Isabel, it's not like there's been a lot of boxing matches to talk about. He hasn't been in a lot of fights. So all we've got is what's going on in social media. You know and I know he's got 6.7 mm-hmm. million followers on Instagram He's in the news quite a bit because of what he's doing and kind of messing with YouTube star, uh, YouTube stars, etc. But as a fighter, we respect him, we love him, we want to see him in the ring. We think he's a phenomenal talent, and we and we do want to see how far uh, he gets. So hopefully that answers uh, that question. So my next question is: Do you think uh, Oscar De La Hoya is jealous of Ryan's success? So that's a that's a good question, right? And we've actually talked about a little bit about that, Rick. And you remember I mentioned mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago about is it an ego thing with De La Hoya? We talked about his comeback um, an episode or two ago about how is he doing that for the money or is he doing that to kind of showcase or show up Ryan Garcia? Yeah, no, you know, definitely. I, I, I think there could be a little a hint of jealousy in there, you know, but Oscar's had a great career. You know, I think... He wants to see Ryan get to that next level. And I think a lot of it is just bitterness about fighting over the contract. And so that's why he's saying a lot of the things he's saying. Yeah, I mean, there's two Oscars. There's the businessman and then there's the former fighter. And right mm-hmm. now, I think he's still more businessman than fighter. Yeah. But great questions. Isabel from Riverside, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for listening to the show, just for being on the show, right? Guess what? She is going to get a Pacific Coast Boxing t-shirt sent her way. So Isabel, and she's not on the line anymore, but thank you very much for joining the show. Folks, that's how easy it is. Send us an email. You could be the next one on the show. See how easy that works, Rick? Yeah, sure.
was, uh, it was great having her call in. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll be right back with the news. All right, Alfonso Ruiz, Pacific Coast Boxing, and we're back. There you go, Rick. That was fun. We were counterpunched, but I think she kind of counterpunched. She came at you a little harder than me, Rick, with your Virgil Ortiz, man. Yeah, you know, I, but I can take it. You know, I, I, I slip a lot of the punches, and, you know, I'm, I'm able to counterpunch. I think that was fine. And, you know, I was uh, obviously messing with you when you said you completely ignored uh, – Ryan Garcia, like, again, we had him in the top five, so I don't know where she was coming from. And when we had him in the top five in our young fighters. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of guys didn't even make the list. You know, great fighter. I just think at the level of competition, he hasn't faced it yet. It's kind of a wait and see. And does it, yeah, does it surprise you that we got a female writing uh, an email to us about Ryan yeah, Garcia? Ryan Garcia. And so, that'll lead us into, you know, our first uh, part boxing of the news. Uh, Let's boxing go. news. Let's have it. Um, our weekly Ryan Garcia news. Um, he was upset that uh, Virgil Ortiz was called, you know, the future of boxing. And um, he challenged Oscar, you know, if, if you don't think that I'm the real deal, then release me, you know. And, you know, he's upset. You know, I think his feelings were hurt a little bit. Oscar's choosing Virgil Ortiz over him. You know, what do you think? So it's not the first time, obviously, right? We talked about this several episodes ago. I mentioned that, there, you know, marriage counseling is in order in that house. Mm -hmm. We know that Oscar De La Hoya has had um, not exactly the best relationships with his fighters. Canelo, right, came out, I think it was last year, and talked to question Oscar De La Hoya's loyalty. We see that they're not exactly always tight in public situations. Um, so it's not a surprise. Oscar the businessman and Oscar the boxer, two different people. Yeah. Right, you were talking about the uh, you were watching the uh, Lake Tahoe golf tournament yeah, it was this past the weekend. AC championships, you know, um, mm -hmm. they're raising money out there, and it was golf tournament. Oscar and Canelo are both there. I'm checking Instagram. I'm checking yeah. everything I can check. Not one picture of them two together. Right. You know how right. does that happen? It happens because there is just not a good. And again, right, we can look and say, and Oscar has said many times, "Hey, it's just a business," right? Mm -hmm. But isn't that how work goes, right? Everybody who has a regular job, you got a manager, mm -hmm. right? And it's not that way, is it? I mean, you've got to have some kind of a working relationship with the people that you work. Now, he's not necessarily their boss, but he is their boss in some ways. He's he, the head of the organization. He, he okay. is their boss, but in this situation, Canelo feels like he's the boss, and he pulls the strings, right? and um, he should be able to call all the shots. And I'll tell you what, not all is well there, because now— and, and again, Rick, we, we, if folks just listened to our show, they'd be all over it because mm -hmm. we talked about this, right? I even mentioned it several episodes ago. What we don't know are the terms and conditions that the contract that Ryan Garcia signed yeah. because he's saying, you know, then release me. Now, that being said, right, here's the thing, um, Ryan, you did sign the contract, yeah, right? And, and, and so that, that's a big part of it, mm -hmm. okay? And I think a lot of it is this is the time we're in. You, you know, you're mm -hmm. not going to make the money you're expecting to make when there's no fans, there's no gate. You know, a lot of fighters are taking the what they can at this point just to keep their careers going. Right. And so you're right. And again, I don't know what the terms and conditions were of what Ryan Garcia agreed to. Right. Were there, uh, you know, were there provisions in the contract that talked about X amount of money if there was a certain revenue stream that came from fans mm -hmm. and came from the gate? Right. Um, they're with the zone, and the zone is uh, basically a I don't know, call it a monthly pay per view service, yeah. right? They don't charge any more for a Canelo fight than they would do for a Ryan Garcia fight. Am I yeah. correct? No, yes, it's yes, a yes. it's a straight price. I mean, we were obviously signed up for the mm -hmm. whole year, but I think the monthly is like twelve dollars or some a month. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in there. So okay, so you know, can you restructure the contract? He's got six point seven million followers. I'm just gonna throw some things out uh -huh. there. If I'm Ryan Garcia, they say, okay, look, I'll fight, but um, if we get X amount more of uh, customers that join the zone, can I get a certain percentage of it? N you know, how do you do that? How yeah. do you correlate and say, hey, we signed up only to see? Can you do a one fight sign up instead of signing up for the whole month? Do you say, hey, for an extra two dollars, you get to see the Ryan Garcia fight? 
and Ryan Garcia, you know, so it's almost like a back-ended loaded contract, right? Or, yeah. an, I'm sorry, an incentive-laden contract. Baseball players do that, right? If you get so many at-bats, pitchers, yeah. if you get so many uh, innings pitched, etc. You'll even see some teams that played shady business by pulling players, right, when they were at a certain yeah. level, right? So, I mean, but see, those are things that uh, uh, Ryan Garcia and his team probably should have considered before they signed that original contract. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, I, but I, I think nobody foresaw, you know, coronavirus coming. You know, it's just a different... Uh, climate that everybody's dealing with right now um you know the tough part is if the zone says hey this is all we can offer ryan garcia for this fight then you know golden boy's hands are kind of tied no that's exactly right and that's the thing right there's no revenue mm-hmm. for, there's no revenue stream coming from any gate tickets and concessions etc all it is is pretty much the zone and of course you've got the advertisers etc but again, and I'm giving you both sides, but you've got Ryan Garcia saying, yeah, but I've got 6.7 million people and probably more. But, okay, are 6.7 million people going to actually buy the fight and and pay and, ge- and generate the, that additional revenue? Yeah. And, and Because here's the thing, right? Um, you look beyond uh, Canelo, who is really the cash king for Golden mm-hmm. Boy Boxing. Yes, I know you got Virgil Ortiz Jr. and you got Ryan Garcia, but we talk about Virgil Ortiz Jr. and Ryan Garcia because we're diehard boxing fans, Mm -hmm. but who else is going to pay a lot of money to watch Virgil Ortiz Jr. right now in a pay-per-view? Yeah, you know, um, he still has to to build his name. It's not going to happen. Most, you know, the regular boxing fan out there, they're not going to watch him Mm -hmm. against Sammy Vargas. Yeah. They're just, they may, okay, but I'm saying, but they wouldn't pay extra money. They're going to figure out a way that you you get my point. Right, Canelo, different story. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to wait for that um, Terence Crawford fight, you know, to Virgil Ortiz. If he's able to win that one, then he's more of a known name. That's right. That's right. So not not all as well there. And I think uh, you know now. And then of course you got the, you know, Oscar De La Hoya talking about his comeback. Here's the fact of the matter, right? Is that if De La Hoya uh, does make a comeback and fight. He probably generates the second most amount of revenue in this stable. Probably Canelo first, and then De La Hoya second. No, yeah. You know, <laughs> so there you go, right? Yeah, huge, huge name. Probably has huge, huge ego, right? You know, and and that has to a lot a lot to do with it. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that situation's a mess, and it's not getting any better. Yeah, uh, you know, and a lot of it, you know, it's all intertwined. You know, Canelo, Ryan Garcia, they have the same trainer, they have the same people that are around. You know, so you know, they're obviously talking. And, absolutely, absolutely. You know, they seem to all have an issue with Oscar. And we've talked about it, right? We talked about it, you know, with Adam Blue Nose Lopez. He mentioned it, some of the politics of box- boxing and having to really understand and navigate through your career so that you make the right decisions because a boxer's life uh, and career, I should say, is very short-lived. It's a very short window mm-hmm. to when you're great. And, and you and you are the product and service that you know that generates that amount of money for yourself, but he just signed a contract, Rick, just yeah. within a year, okay. So I don't know if he's just trying to push his buttons, mm-hmm. poke, nudge, and is there really another promotional company, PBC, Matchroom, top rank that's going to give that's going to pay him more? Well, here's the thing: Matchroom hasn't started their fights. You know they've got some planned, but I've, I haven't heard anything about PBC starting up. Right. Any any fights, you know, even if you went that way, you know, who's to say when they're going to start fighting? Again? And we've got, you know, the lightweight division coming up and we're all the lightweights. I mean, that's because that's just as important. Right. Yeah. You got Teofimo. You got uh, Lomachenko. The, they are with top rank. You got Haney with Matchroom. Uh, Gervonta Davis, of course, mm-hmm. with Mayweather Promotions. So, you know, that's the other thing. It's not yeah. like he can move around and all of a sudden they're going to make instant fights. So we don't now that being said, we're not there. We're not exactly sure the terms and conditions of the contract, yeah. what he agreed to. And and it's a business at the end of the day. We say this every week, but we could talk about that whole scenario like yeah. a whole show if we wanted to. But what else you got, Rick? And um, just to um, stick on that subject quickly, um, there's been talk of Canelo Triple G for May of 2000. And 21, and I think that's a lot of where these issues come up. You know, I think the zone, Golden Boy, wants that fight. They wanted that fight for a year and a half now. And that's because they understand the revenue it's going to yeah. generate. Let's be honest. He is in uh, which fight? He's in a five fight contract, I believe. Is he not? Uh, I don't know that exactly. We'll, we'll have terms, to we'll yeah. have to find out. But yeah. he but he's he's almost got he's only so many fights coming up, uh-huh. and so you know that's why they. 
they're not, and I believe, right, and smart on Golden Boy promotion, by the way, smart in that they realize that the level of effort is low, risk is low, and the payoff high with regards to the uh, to the Triple G fight. Yeah. Um, the Canelo deal is an 11-fight deal worth $365 million. Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I got uh, fight number and, five. Maybe they're only on. And then I think, you know, but part of that deal was under the assumption there's going to be a uh, Triple G fight. Right, right. Because it, it's the one that generates the most revenue. I, I think we said before, I'm not particularly interested in that fight. I mm -hmm. think, great. I think the first one, you can make a case that Triple G won. I think the second uh, fight, it was pretty obvious that Canelo was starting to dominate mm -hmm. in rounds 13 through 24. Mm -hmm. And we saw Triple G really struggle in his last fight. Uh, and I think that this next fight, I don't mind it now. I'm like, go ahead. Let's just put it to rest. I think Canelo yeah. knocks him out, actually. I, I think so, too. I think Triple G, you know, I, the longer this gets pushed out, older Triple G gets. And I think um, the advantage is definitely Canelo. Agreed. Um, more in the news. Um, you touched on it in the opening. Uh, but Shakur Stevenson, he's leaving one, 126, moving up to junior lightweight. The 130-pound division. You mean super featherweight? Yeah, you know, e either way. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he's been calling out the, the big fighters, Burchelt, Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty of, of good fights to be made at 130. And, and by the way, you know, true to form with what we talked about with the sanctioning bodies, the WBO, okay, um, which is the sanctioning body that Shakur Stevenson is currently the featherweight champion, right, it's pretty much already stated that um, by moving up, he's already going to be pretty much the number one contender mm -hmm. and in line for the uh, for the title shot. How is that possible, right? And who's sitting there at the number one is Jamal Herring, yeah. who's not going to fight tomorrow anymore. Yeah, no. Um, they retested him, and uh, that fight is off again. Yeah, so how is that possible? You got Oscar Valdez sitting there at number one. And yes, we know, you know, he's hopefully they're trying to set up a fight with Miguel Burchell, mm -hmm. WBC champion. You got Leo Santo Cruz at the WBA. And then you got uh, Jojo Diaz with no IBF champion. But yeah, Shakur Stevenson's going to shoot right up to yeah. the number one. And why is that, Rick? Because it generates a lot of money and they know that they'd be willing to pay the sanctioning fees. Oh, yeah. And, you know, right now, that Burchelt fight, it's going to be tough. You know, I don't think he's ready for that fight yet. Uh, Santa Cruz, I think he beat Santa Cruz easy. You know, I had uh, I had Shakur Stevenson, right, as yeah. my fighter. Yeah. She didn't, you know, thank you for Isabel didn't question me yeah. on Virgil or, you know, on me picking Shakur Stevenson. But that's the guy I picked. Uh, I do think that he would be favored against Leo Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to, uh, you know, ever doubt Leo Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. We'll have to talk about that fight. Yeah. I'm glad it's happening, right? Yeah. Now, let, let, let's let's do it. Yeah, no, that definitely. Um, Jose Ramirez, Victor Postol, uh, rescheduled again for the end of August. This will be the third time that it's been scheduled, so hoping to see that. Uh, yeah, fight. now that was going to take place overseas originally, mm -hmm. and then now I would imagine, do they have a location? Is it going to be a local? Uh, both I are top-ranked fighters, so I think it'll be in Vegas. It'll the be bubble. in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, not a bad fight. Okay, mm. P uh, Victor Pistel, uh, ranked number one by the WBC. Um, his only two losses are to uh, the champion, Josh Taylor, and then mm. and Terrence Crawford. Okay. So, okay, that's fine. But, you know, might be the best fight leading up to, you know, the end of August that, you know, that they've scheduled. Yeah, no, I and yeah. again, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. We got the yeah. WBC champ fighting their the WBC number one contender, so that's fine. Yeah. Should be a good fight. Should be entertaining. I'm sure they're itching to get back at it, so I, I'm I'm okay with that one. Um, Sorong Visag, his return fight August first in Thailand. Okay, you know, good. He's coming off of that uh, knockout loss, mm -hmm. so it'd be good to see if he uh, bounces back. I think. Uh, there's some interesting fights if, if he does happen to do well. Yeah, yeah, we like him. I mean, good, yeah. good, tough fighter. It'll be interesting to see. That that division is always interesting, those those light guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe Smith Jr., Eliander Alvarez, uh, third week of August. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's kind of a, I, I want to say, I don't know if that's a gatekeeper's fight, uh -huh. you know. And again, I use the term gatekeepers because that is what it is. But, uh, you know, that, that that'll be an interesting fight. No, yeah, um, I'm, I'm it, looking forward to it. it. it, it it'll yeah. be entertaining, if nothing else. You know, neither one of those guys are going to be able to beat the top, top guys. But it's good to see, you know, 
those two. It, it'll make for a good fight. It should be an entertaining fight, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, we've actually watched uh, Alvarez fight live. Yeah. Um, we saw him, uh, I think, at Fantasy Springs. Um, was it at uh, Pechanga? We saw him fight live. So, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, that should be a good fight. Smith Jr., obviously the one that sent, uh, literally, figuratively sent uh, Hopkins into retirement, out of mm-hmm. the ring. So that'll be good. Um, then we've got the former WBO champ, uh, Jeff Horn. He's going to fight Kashazu's son, Tim Zhu. Okay. Uh, in Townsville, Queensland. Mm-hmm. Australia, August 26th. Yeah, that'll be interesting. The interesting thing about that is what? Is the venue and the fans, right? Yeah, uh, they're going to approve 16,000 to attend. Yeah, and so, and that has to do the fact that I think Australia did really good to control the whole COVID, mm-hmm. right? With very strict and a lot of constraints around people entering their country or their island. So, yeah, that'll be huge. Yeah, you know, Horn, you now, know, most known for, you know, beating Pacquiao mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. Um, Tim Zhu's 15-0, and 0, 11 knockouts, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how he yeah. does. Quote unquote beating Pacquiao. Yeah. Right. Beating, I mean, yeah. we've seen that fight, and I think we co- we covered that in part of our <laughs> yeah. judges and what actually we would have to apply uh, my formula to that to see, you know, was there a 15% because it was not, uh, it was a, we ha- we're going to have to look at the decision. And well, yeah, it, it was, it was shady, but yeah. Pacquiao had no business, you know, going over to Australia or, yeah. You know, wherever, you know, Jeff Horn is from. Yeah. I think it was Australia. It was in Australia, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're going to the guy's hometown. You're the champion. Bob Arum didn't do any do him any favors. But they looked at it as a really good financial opportunity because uh-huh. they were getting a lot of money to go over there and fight. The revenue that that generated in Australia, yeah. right, was tremendous. And you get a cut of that. And you're fighting this, you know, rough and tough, you know, Jeff Horn, mm-hmm. right? Really a journeyman at best. At least from their perspective, surprise, right? Yeah. He end up, you know, really, right, rough and tough uh, type of fight, because yeah. he, because he can do that, yeah, with the, with his size. But yeah, <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, and then this past weekend, you know, Saturday, the eleventh, uh, one hundred, uh, one thousand people were in attendance for a boxing match in Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, and that's the most uh, that we've had. In a, the most in a, that we've had, you know, that uh, live attendance in the U.S. Yeah, to this point. Interesting. Since the coronavirus. Yeah, well, I mean, we mentioned there. You mentioned it, right? About the, the news about Fury and uh, um, and uh, is a Wilder the fight where they're t- thinking about talking about having in Vegas, maybe half the fans, right? Yeah, and then you know they'll space them out. They'll do it mm-hmm. in a, you know football stadium, right? Um, you know, so. You know these these smaller events have to ha- have to happen for for that to happen. Yeah, the good thing is right is that uh, they're spaced out in the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the restroom, everybody's all congregated together. Yeah. <laughs> restroom, beer lines, yeah. concessions, and everything else, and, right? And probably they ventilated are. really well. You know, yeah, so that, you that, don't have to yeah, worry about it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's the farce about all that, right? And when you're getting into for the tickets and everything else, like folks, they're still all going to be together at the end of the day. No. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It, uh, it's just that I, I find that kind of amusing that they're spacing out the seats. But, yeah, what are they getting? Uh, you know, OK, row five, section yeah. eight, uh, you know, your turn to go to the restroom. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, you know, these these football stadiums, you know, they from from what I'm hearing, they're sending out letters to season ticket holders, seeing who's going to go, who's not going to go. Right. And they're going to have them sign a, a waiver saying if they contract the coronavirus, they, they can't. Sue. Right. Right. So it'll be interesting right. to see. Especially when football season starts. And can't they do that anywhere, though? I mean, when we go to Albertsons or Walmart yeah. or whatever Target to go get our, our essentials, uh-huh. shouldn't that we be doing the same thing? You would think. I mean, it's the you, same yeah. thing. We're taking the risk of going out there. There's a lot of other stuff going out out there, people gathering in large crowds the, for certain things. But, the tough you know, part is being able to say, this for sure is where I contracted the coronavirus. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. How do you know? Like I said, it's just, you know, go ahead and space them out. But, yeah. you know, you don't have a thousand restrooms. You've only got so many restrooms, even at the new state-of-the-art facilities. Yeah. Everybody's going to be together no matter what. we t- But, again, I get it. It's a good uh, um, it's a good opportunity to try it versus a small 5,000, you know, seat mm-hmm. arena. Yeah. So I get it. No, yeah. And, you know, that's it for the news for the week. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff going on, man. Like yeah. I said, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully some of those fights materialize. Definitely want to see Jose Ramu, uh, Ramirez and Victor Pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a fight that we want to see. Um, 
Ryder and Canelo I mentioned earlier, hopefully that comes to fruition. And the whole Ryan Garcia thing, man. You know, you know again, our first email slash call uh-huh. was a female about asking about Ryan Garcia. So what does that tell you? Right. Yeah, yeah, I see he's popular with the ladies, man. That's the thing, man. And so if he can generate that kind of revenue and that kind of people, maybe he's got something to it. But then why didn't his management team, you know, look at that, predict that, and estimate and write that? How long is the contract anyways? We'll have to do some research and figure out how long yeah. a contract was it because they didn't really give the details. They of didn't it, right? release it, yeah. Was it for X amount of fights? Was it X amount of period? We knew it was for X amount of amount, I believe. From the little bit I've been reading, a lot of it was signing bonus money. Signing bonus money, and then, you know, there was fight money, but they really went heavy with the signing bonus as, a, you know, giving them that po- prospect bonus. Yeah, and that, and you know, and I'll tell you, right, um, I was listening to uh, uh, Vanes Martisharayan, mm-hmm. right, one of my uh, personal uh, favorite uh, middleweights. Yeah. He grew up in a town, Glendale, California, close to where I grew up. And he was talking about, so he left uh, uh, Al Heyman, mm-hmm. uh, PBC, and then he went over to the uh, to the dreaded Don King. Don King. Okay, he went to Don King. And he was talking about one of the things that enticed him was, like you said, a $300,000 basically signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then after that, he fought uh, Triple G, really on a kind of a moment, kind of an emergency basis. Like if you hear him say it, he was doing them a favor. Yeah. Which I believe. Okay, so he goes there. He unfortunately gets thrashed, has a good first round, lands a good, good first punch, but then gets knocked out. He's a junior middleweight. He's got no business fighting Triple G in the yeah. middleweight division. Um, a lot, lot of, and then after that, Don King's trying to collect money uh, on his taxes, the whole 1099, and now Vaness has not gotten a single fight basically after that. Yeah. You okay. Know, and a lot of times you you get into these contracts and uh, you're tied in. That's just it. But what happened was the dangling of the carrot of that $300,000. And if you're a fighter and you need to provide for your kids, your wife, your family, and somebody dangles that kind of money, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, it's hard. It, it's easy to understand why you wouldn't take that. Yeah. Okay. But Vanes Martisharayan at the time, this was, a, what, a year ago, I think, when he fought Triple G, mm-hmm. much different than Ryan Garcia, yeah. who was just like, Right, the rockets are igniting. He's getting ready to take off. So int- it would be interesting for me to understand what kind of a dang contract did he sign with De La Hoya. Yeah. So, anyways, folks, that's the news. Again, we can keep going on about that. Love boxing. We are going to break down the lightweight division after this. Can't wait. We'll be right back. All right, protect yourself at all times, folks. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado here at Pacific Coast Boxing. And we are back to talk about the lightweight division. And the lightweight division, Rick, it's almost like the light glamour division in boxing, right? I mean, we obviously the heavyweight division always is going to get first bill. And then you've got the middleweight division. I think the welterweight division is right there. But the lightweight division through the years, historical, historically in boxing, has also been a really good division. Yeah, a lot of the big fighters went through this division. You've got you know the Ruperto Durans, you know, the Manny Pacquiao's, Julio Cesar Chavez, Oscar De La Hoya. You know, the list goes on. Floyd Mayweather Jr. You, you've got the list goes on and on. Alexis Arguello. Yeah, Alexis Arguello, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, a lot of fighters got their start in this lightweight division. Yeah, and, and that's why it's such an intriguing division, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, to your point, and we were talking about it, it is, it's a glamour division down there, mm-hmm. right? It's a glamour, and they're all great divisions, featherweight, bantamweight, but the lightweight division, it's almost like the marquee division of the smaller, lighter fighters, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, the, and this division is loaded with young talent that's going to be great for years. So let's get right into it, right? With all that buildup, okay, so who are the lightweight champions today? So let's just go ahead and set the table so we're all on the same page. So WBC, you've got uh, Vasil Lomachenko, of course, and Devin Haney. Devin Haney having the regular. R- regular, that's right. <clears throat> let's not go down that road. We talked <laughs> about that a few episodes ago. Um, the WBA, well, okay, Vasily Lomachenko is the WBC, WBA, and the WBO champion. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Lomachenko is not even ranked in the I- IBF, so we won't get into that. Uh, Teofimo Lopez is the IBF champ. And then in the WBA, um, you also have Gervonta Davis as the uh, regular champ. And then you've got the WBA gold, Ivan Mendy. So those are your champions, Rick. Okay. Yeah, you know, good, good bunch. You know, um, I do see some fighters that might be able to pick off a couple of those. So, okay, but of those, okay, and here's the good news, is we've got two of them that look like they're going to lock horns here pretty soon, which mm-hmm. is Teofimo and Lomachenko. We also had that as uh, the two uh, t- top five fights that we wanted to see before 2020. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's a good thing. Those two um, are going to lock horns, and really that's going to clean up the lightweight division from the championship perspective, right? Yeah. You're you know, at the top it, of the game there. It's going to get kind of confusing, you know, because they're going to unify, but I think – Win or lose, this is probably the last fight for Teofimo Lopez at lightweight. He's just getting too big. He's got to move up to 140. And that's the thing about lightweight. So, you know, it's interesting because we started the segment talking about all of the fighters that came through the division. And some of them, like Sugar Ray Robinson, you mentioned, we remember him more as a uh, middleweight than we do as a lightweight. Okay. Uh, Roberto Duran is probably the one that you mentioned that we probably, um, at least if you follow boxing at all, yeah. considered one of the great lightweights of all time. Probably, probably the greatest, yeah. Probably the greatest. He cleaned out that division. Sugar Ray Leonard, probably don't remember him as a lightweight. Mm-hmm. Probably more as a welterweight, right? Yeah. And, of course, beating Donnie Lalonde for the light heavyweight championship. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's the thing, right? So it's almost like you're short-lived mm-hmm. when you're in the lightweight division. And so you're right. Teofimo maybe moves up. Um, Lomachenko can probably hang around there, but I think if you were to ask him and his people, he probably can fight probably better at 130. Yeah, you know, Lomachenko, I think he's got options. He can he can stay at 130 or move down to 130. You know, he's um, he's kind of in that younger 30s area where – you know, this is probably about as heavy as he's going to get. A lot of miles, right? A lot yeah. of miles on those tires. Of course, we know um, his history, right? A, an amazing uh, amateur career. Mm-hmm. Came into the pros. Uh, you know, second fight against uh, Orlando Salido, right? Second fight. Are you kidding me? Um, and then he's fighting Gary Russell Jr. Beat Gary Russell Jr., by the way, giving him his only loss. In other fights, Gary Russell pretty much looks unbeatable. Gary Russell beat Jojo Diaz, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, he's a freak, okay? He also beat Luke Campbell, okay? So he's a freak. That unification fight with Teofimo Lopez is, is, I think, going to tell us a lot. At least it's going to tell us, I think, okay, can we say this? Whoever wins between, you know, Lomachenko and Lopez is the best lightweight in the division. Yeah, for sure. Okay, because the only other one that can make a case is I'm going to say maybe Gervonta Davis Okay, here's the problem with Gervonta Davis, and we're only talking about the champions. We'll get to the best of the rest right now, is that um, they haven't fought a whole lot, right? And that's the whole issue. We'll get to, we know, folks, Ryan Garcia is in the lightweight division. Okay, Uh, Isabel from Riverside. We're going to talk about Ryan Garcia as a fighter. We're going to get there. But But he doesn't have a championship right now. Devin Haney does. Devin Haney hasn't really fought anybody, okay? I think his last fight he beat Alfred uh, Mm -hmm. Santiago or something. That. Who's who's Devin Haney beat? Yeah, and I think a lot of this is going to get cleared up. You know, the WBC, it looks like they're going to be holding their own kind of eliminator tournament where, you know, Fortuna's fighting. Is he fighting Garcia? No, so what the, what they're – so the WBC has ordered uh, Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. Oh, yeah, and right? then it's uh, Fortuna Linares. Right, Fortuna Linares, sorry, yeah. So, yeah, and that's their top four, mm-hmm. right? And those those two, the winners of each, will probably fight one another and that's then get right. a shot at Haney or, and then, you know, maybe maybe get a chance to uh, unify. That's exactly right. And so, so, okay, so let's go ahead and go there, right? Let's go to the uh, – to the kind of the best of the rest, those that don't have that championship. And you mentioned a few already. So, um, okay, Ryan Garcia, we're there. So, yes, the WBC has pretty much um, ordered for him to fight Luke Campbell, and would, and then that would win the WBC interim championship. Yep. Just in case, level set, what does that mean? The WBC interim championship means that you are next in line to fight the actual their, their actual champion. That's all that means. Um, and then, of course, you got Javier Fortuna and Jorge Linares. We have Linares and Ryan Garcia as one of our top five fights in 2020. 
So that's shaping up. The WBO announced, okay, and it's not going to happen, I'll tell you right now. They wanted to have somewhat of a tournament as well. They were asking Ryan Garcia to fight Emmanuel uh, to go. To go. Yeah, you know, um, I think Ryan Garcia, you know, he, he would much rather fight Luke Campbell. Uh, maybe there's more money in that. And it is for that WBC title, you know, the green belt. Well, here's the thing. So the WBO is saying that the winner of that fight between Garcia and Tego would be in line for um, for the next championship, mm-hmm. okay? But that's essentially what the WBC is saying, yeah. except the WBC is giving them a belt, right? Yeah. Win our fight, and you actually get the WBC interim uh, championship. Um, and then, so obviously, he's going to look at the Luke Campbell fight. More money, more prestige there, right? Yeah. yeah. And and so, um, and by the way, okay, Emmanuel um, Togo, um, no slouch, okay? If you look at his, his resume, he's got quite a few guys that he's beat. He's beat a lot of the same guys that Ryan Garcia's beat. Duno, mm-hmm. Fonseca, he's got them in his resume as well, Rick. He's beat the same guys. Yeah, you know, that definitely would be um, a good fight to look at, but um, probably the more exciting fight would be the Luke Campbell fight. It would, and uh, Emmanuel Tego um, very rarely fights outside of Ghana, mm-hmm. okay? Kind of an Azu, you know, back to the Azuma Nelson days, another great lightweight, Yeah, right? Um, Chicanito, Henar Hernandez, by the way, mm-hmm. another great lightweight. Um, Rafael Ruelas. Another great lightweight. But anyways, um, I digress a bit. So honestly, when I look, like I actually think that Emmanuel Tego and Ryan Garcia would be a really interesting fight. No, it definitely would be a good one. Um, I, I think just like a lot of things, it I think it's got a lineup promoter-wise. And I think Campbell being with uh, Matchroom, yeah. it can be on zone. Ryan Garcia. Right. You know, it works out best you know, for business that way. No, I agree, and I'll yeah. tell you that's the lowest risk. If I'm in, um, if I am in uh, Ryan Garcia's, co- but here's the thing: Luke Campbell is uh, long, lanky as well. Mm-hmm. I told you, I think that's going to be a tough fight. Don't be surprised if Garcia knocks him out, though. Um, so here's here's a few more lightweights. Okay, I have to mention him only because he's there, uh, listed as the WBA Gold Champion, Yvonne Mendy. Okay. We have to cover everything, Rick, in case yeah. somebody says, hey, why didn't they cover Mendy? He's he's wearing a belt, Rick and Alfonso. You guys said that you would keep the WBC and WBA titles. We didn't say we'd keep the diamond and the gold and the interim championships, mm-hmm. but okay. So he's from France, or he fights a lot. Yeah, he's from France. He lost to Luke Campbell, Rick. Yeah. Okay. Hasn't really fought anybody. Um, he did win the WBA Intercontinental Championship. And to me, when I see Intercontinental Championship, I think the honky-tonk man. Oh, greatest intercontinental champion of all time. So so that's the thing. When I see on their resume that they won the intercontinental championship, uh-huh. okay, and I think Honky Tonk Man and those kind of champions, right? Um no, I don't see it. I don't I don't see him there. So so I'll go ahead and move past them. I'm going to go through a few of the others. Richard Kami, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, let's not forget, yes, he was absolutely floored and devastated by Teofimo Lopez, but who hasn't? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, he's definitely up there. You know, and a lot of these uh, ratings have him up there. He beats a lot of these guys on the list, but Teofimo probably is just on another level. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's what I'm saying. So it's one of those things that, look, he, you know, yeah, he got floored by Teofimo, but he does that to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I have Comey as uh, as still, right, one of, as still a player in the division. Let's just mm-hmm. call it that, right? Let's not let's not forget about Comey. I have Lee Selby, okay, and I know you're not impressed with Lee Selby, but but I am, okay. Twenty eight and two, mm-hmm. um, lost his fifth fight in his career. That doesn't count, okay. Very early, and then the only other fight he lost was, by the way, one of my favorite fighters who everyone's ducking, Josh Warrington, as a featherweight. He was the former IBF featherweight champ, Lee Selby. Yes, he's up to an age, but I think he's a tough fighter, and he'd give anybody a run for their money. No, yeah, a, a lot of these fights make for interesting fights, um, but uh, Lee Selby is not going to get any of these big names just because, you know, they're not going to make as much money fighting Lee Selby. No, but but it's better watching him, you know, against these guys than watching garbage, right? Yeah. And, and, he, is, and he is a world-class fighter. So here's the other one, the other champion, 
Gervonta Davis, which I kind of touched upon earlier, um, mm-hmm. just hasn't fought enough, right? Yes, he's got the same Fonseca and Dunos and those guys on his resumes, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen enough. No, yeah, um, I could be a little overrated. You know, he, he has issues. The problem is the focus isn't there. You know, he's had his um, assault charges. He's had, you know, numerous things here and there. And who's he beaten? Yeah, he, he hasn't. And, and But I'll tell you what, though. He's probably the one when we talked about, you know, who can hang around the lightweight division. Mm-hmm. Probably him because he doesn't necessarily have a big frame, right? Can't Can you imagine him at the, uh, you know, super welterweight junior lightweight division at 140? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't see that. He. The other thing that kind of worries me about him is, yeah, because he's only 5'5 five, five and a half. Right. You know, so he does miss weight. Yeah. On occasion. Yeah. You know, it, uh, so if his, but how much is that? Is just there, discipline, right? Yeah. You know, it just not making the right decisions, you know, it, uh, but he would make for some great fights against, you know, some of these other fighters. And we want to see him, right? You know, yeah. I've seen the social media wars between him and, of course, Ryan Garcia, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, back to Ryan Garcia, he's another one. Right at five ten, he's not going to have a lot more time in that lightweight division, right? He's disciplined, he's young, but at some point, you know, he's going to grow into that, you know, that mature, that man body, and he's got a couple more, maybe a couple more years. And at the pace that these guys fight, at two fights a year, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, he's just at at five ten plus. You know, he's he's going to move out of this division. Um, you know, maybe settle in. At, uh, you know, once he's at 140, you know, he'd probably end up a bulk of his career 147. I would agree. I I would totally agree. We're going to see some big fights because if you look at, right, if we look at the crystal ball for Ryan Garcia, so he's got Luke Campbell coming up. Well, Mm he hasn't been signed yet, but we hope he fights Luke Campbell. Let's just say hypothetically the boxing gods are with us and they give us Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia and Jorge Linares. Uh, this year, if Linares is able to get through Javier Fortuna, okay? So, okay, so there's two fights. Now he has to fight. Now he'll have the WBC interim championship, Mm -hmm. but now what, right? Lomachenko next. Um, Teofimo probably moves up at that point. So the next fight at that point is probably Devin Haney or Gervonta Davis in 2021. Yeah, you know, and and they make for good fights. Um, Close fights, you know, uh, Haney's coming off a shoulder injury so mm-hmm. um you know it's it'll be interesting to see how he is health wise um you know haney has gotten you know probably the edge and everyone feels haney is better than garcia from, from a boxing perspective yeah. but the thing is from a longevity and that would be it yeah. like i wouldn't see ryan garcia fighting past the lightweight division mm-hmm. after 2021 Right, and let's just assume if he's able to play checkers and continues to leapfrog and beat these guys, he beats Campbell, he beats Linares, and then okay, well now you got to beat uh, you know Lomachenko, or if he's not there anymore, Haney or Javante Davis, and that's it. Not only that, but given all the promotional issues that we've been talking about, what are the chances that he actually goes Campbell, Linares, Haney, Davis in a row? Um. Davis is probably the hardest one to get. Uh, Haney also is with Matchroom. Right. So, you know, Matchroom and and uh, Golden Boy. Better they, relationship. Better relationship. They both have the zone. So that one's more feasible. More feasible. Javante yeah. uh, Davis might be the tough one because uh, PBC doesn't like to fight outside of other PBC right. fighters. Right. And, and so, again, okay, then you got Jorge Linares, mm-hmm. right? We've kind of been talking about him. Right, world class fighter, former champion in the uh, super featherweight featherweight division. Okay, so now you've got him fighting Fortuna. He can get by Fortuna um, if he can beat Ryan Garcia. Right, he's you can't overlook um, a, a professional. Great wars with. I, I by the way, I, yeah. a couple episodes ago, I had the wrong fighter. It was Anthony Carolla mm-hmm. that um, Lenares beat twice. Beautiful fighter to see. Yeah. When he's on point, not when he's getting knocked out by uh, Pablo Cano, yeah. right? But but he's a player when he is focused. No, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a suspect chin, so he makes for for a great fight. You know, I, I love the fight between Lenares Lomachenko. You know, gave Lomachenko uh, you know a tough fight. Was able to knock down Lomachenko. 
Um, you know, I, I would like to see the Ryan Garcia Linares fight. That's that's the one I'm circling. I want that fight. You know, we've we've got to get it by the end of the year. We will, yeah. And that's that's the only one. And again, and, and Linares uh, beat Corolla, beat Luke Campbell, right? So he has already beaten Luke Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, tough fight, by the way. He had Luke Campbell early. Luke Campbell kind of came back. Uh, he's beaten Mercedes Gesta. Of course, he knocked down Loma, like you said. So that there's another player. And here's another thing, Rick. Okay, hate to go there. But should he decide to come down to the 135? Because I think he still can't. I think Mikey Garcia can clean out the entire division. Yeah. That's yeah. just me. It, it uh, you know, it, it would be nice to see Mikey, you know, even at 140, if he was ma- able, able to meet some of these guys at 140, but he could make 135 and um, have some great fights. The problem is the top of this division, it's Lomachenko, it's Teofimo. The top ranked and guys, And it's huh? the top ranked guys, and, yeah. and, you know, he doesn't, they're not going to deal with each other. He's that one. Um, he's that one like the enigma, right? Because yeah. he even he was almost on the cusp of signing a deal with the with Golden Boy, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't quite go right. So now now do they want to fight him with Ryan Garcia, right? Because that you know again they were talking about fighting Mikey Garcia with Danny Swift Garcia, right? Yeah. I think this one's more intriguing, right? Yeah. I think, and I hate to call Mikey Garcia Mikey. You know, I don't call him the old pro, but yeah. compared to Ryan Garcia, you kind of are the old pro. I would love to see that Garcia Garcia clash. No, yeah, it, it would be. I think it'd be a great fight. Um, you're matching up, you know, two of the biggest uh, trainers nowadays: you know, Robert Garcia, Jim, the uh, Reynosos. You know, it'd be a great fight. And even Gervonta Davis, right? Yeah. Even Gervonta Davis. Although, again, it's tough to get him to fight with the whole Mayweather promotions and everything else going on. But imagine that clash. So I'm just throwing Mikey Garcia in the mix. I know he's not listed as a lightweight and he's not ranked anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's They actually have him ranked, you know, as a welterweight number four by the WBC, et cetera. But, I mean, come on, right? Yeah. Um, he's fought two fights in the uh, welterweight division, and he's ranked number four or three, or three fights, actually. But anyways – um, I think he's he's a factor to throw in, Rick, when yeah. we're talking about the lightweight division. No, yeah, I mean, you know he he was tops in this division for for a long time. And then, okay, so let's finish out the discussion then. And then, is there anybody coming up from the super featherweight division that can possibly challenge and kind of make noise in the uh, lightweight division? Um, I, I like to see Burchelt. Jump, jump in there. You know, Burchelt's got his own business to do at uh, Super Featherweight, Junior Lightweight. Um, you know, he's got Oscar Valdez. Um, you know, now that Shakur is on his way to that, to that division. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Burchelt, I think he can carry his power up to that 135-pound division. And, and, I, and I would agree. I think looking at that division, he's probably the, probably the only one. I think, uh, you know, Leo Santa Cruz – Who's the current WBA super featherweight champ, and and uh, JoJo Diaz, the IBF, uh, and of course Jamal uh, Herring, who unfortunately we're good, hopefully was going to see him fight Tuesday, not anymore. Yeah. Um, and you're right, Shakur Stevenson. What did I tell you? Right, he's going to move up. I think he'll win the super featherweight, and then he'll eventually move up to lightweight. But that's a couple years away. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. So and I agree with you. The only one that's got the really the body, the physical. Uh, would be Miguel Burchelt. And Burchelt's got some business to do because they're, of course, lining up to fight with Oscar Valdez, uh-huh. one of the top five fights that we wanted to see in 2020 that was feasible. And you have to listen to that episode. Please listen to that. A lot of good information there. So that would be about the only guy. And, you know, when you look at the guys that are at 140, typically when you move up, you're not coming all the way back down. Other than, like we said, yeah, Mikey Garcia's yeah. dabbling in, in the welterweight and in the 140s. But he's kind of that enigma that can kind of move around based on what's available, uh, who the promotional company is. But I don't see anybody from 140 necessarily coming down to make noise. Yeah, no. It uh, most of those guys, you know, they they've moved up there, and, and that's where they're going to be. You got the Jose Ramirez's, the Josh Taylors. You know, they're in that division. You know, to stay. No, that's exactly yeah. right. They're there for a reason. So. There you go, folks. I mean, if you didn't get your lightweight fix off of this discussion, don't know where else you're going to get the sort of information on. And you know what? As usual, if you've got questions, if you've got feedback on things that we missed or your take on the lightweight division, you know how to get a hold of us. Counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com. 
You never know, Rick. They could be talking to us on the phone next week. Yeah. You never know. All right, folks, we'll be right back with everybody's favorite segment, the stat of the week. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, we are back. Rick, good discussion on the lightweights. And, you know, we're going to get asked, right, I mean, about why didn't you talk about Robert Easter, number one ranked WBA? Um, you know, I, I, I don't see it. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, you know, I saw him fight uh, Mikey Garcia, and, you know, sure, he's, you know, tall, lightweight, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, nothing against them, right? We're just looking at, you know, who who can make noise in that division against the very best. And then, of course, you got the push uh, for uh, Felix Verdejo, the former one-time phenom, right? Yeah, they'll they'll find a way to, you know, if he wins a few fights, you know, they'll put him in there with, uh, you know, somebody up there at the top. But uh, I wouldn't expect, you know, unless you see, like, a complete turnaround from him, you know, I yeah. wouldn't expect much. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree with that. All right, folks. So there you again. We you know the lightweight division. There's a lot, lot to talk about, and we're going to break down divisions like that, Rick. Mm -hmm. So this is this is good stuff. But what's even better stuff? The stat of the week. Okay, so for this week, I've got the most knockouts in a career. Archie Moore, the old mongoose, he won 183 fights, 131 by knockout. <laughs> That's you know it. It's almost 72 percent. Knockout rate. And that career spans, you know, last week's stat of the week was how many years between winning the championship was, I think, was 21 years. Mm -hmm. Archie Moore is another one of those guys. That's a long career, right? Yeah, no, to get 103, 183 fights. Yeah. It's and and the, I mean, think about that 131 KOs. And unfortunately, right back then when Archie Moore fought, um, he kind of fought because he had to fight. Light heavyweight was the division where he mostly fought, where he kind of made his name. But, again, he fought at a time where it was really about income and it was really about getting a paycheck, right? Like a lot of these guys, they they fought too long. So you wonder, you know, how many of those 131 knockouts were against, you know, newspaper delivery men and, and whoever else was available to fight. Yeah, yeah right? some tough uh, taxi drivers. That's right. That's right. Greg Hagen, right? Greg Hagen and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. 131 knockouts. Think about that, right? Yeah, wow. So there you go, folks. That's a good stat of the week, Rick. So, again, folks, you walk around, you say, hey, you know who's knocked out more more fighters than anybody? Archie Moore. A hundred. Think about that. So seven out of ten fighters, you said. So if you went in there against Archie Moore, you had a 71% chance of getting knocked out. Yeah. How'd you it's like? I, I, yeah, how'd you like to to feel being an opponent going walking into the squared circle against Archie Moore, folks? All right, we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Yeah. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz back. Uh, wow, what what good information and what a good episode. Here's the thing, folks. You're gonna want to listen to this. So, a couple things we're working on with Pacific Coast Boxing. Rick, excited. Uh, hopefully by next week we can make the announcement. A couple things. Uh, we're looking to partner with a couple of very worthwhile charities. And what does that mean? It means that when fighters come and join us, uh, we're going to be donating an amount to their charity on behalf of Pacific Coast Boxing. Again, we're doing this not only to focus on the fighters and on the sport, but also whatever we can do to help. And uh, we've got a very uh, couple of very noteworthy charities. So that's going to be uh, really exciting. Still got a couple of top fighters uh, just looking to make the arrangements, all the logistics with schedules, etc. So that's going to be a good thing, Rick. Looking forward to that. No, yeah, the charities is huge and uh, looking forward to the uh, interviews. Yeah, and then um, the other thing I want to do next week, at least for now, because we've got so much stuff that's stacking up, is uh, just the same way we broke down the lightweight division, Let's break down another glamour division, which is the welterweight division, because it is absolutely loaded. And if you don't know anything about the welterweight division or you don't have enough information, I know you guys know. You guys are diehard uh, boxing fans. But we will fill you with more information 
than you possibly need with the welterweight division. We will absolutely break it down so that you will know exactly what's going on. Ten seconds, folks. I got the time for the shoe shine in the corner, Rick. If anybody listens to the show this long, here's the deal. Mount Rushmore of heavyweights. I'm going to tell you who belongs there that a lot of people don't think should belong there. It's Larry Holmes, Rick. Larry Holmes. He beat every top heavyweight in his time. Not his fault. He came right before Mike Tyson. Pulled it out with the shoe shine in the end, Rick. All right, see you guys next week. Thank you guys very much. Kombanwa. Good evening. Thank you guys very much. Buenas noches. Talk to you soon. Send us an email.